Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Roman Show for the week of July 9th, 2018. This week, we welcome, ladies and gentlemen, it's a very, very special honor to have the producer, Darren Antola, of 350 Days of Documentary, featuring all the stories from great legends as Jimmy Superfly Snooker, Brad Hart, Lex Luger, and many more. They take us a behind-the-scenes look at the world of pro wrestling on the road 350 days. This plus much more coming up next. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. Go. Fly. Guidance. Surgeon. Go. Light. Come. We're going. Light. GNC. We're going. Down here. Go. FAO, we are go, network, go, covering, go, Capcom, we're go flight, launch control, this is Houston, we are go for launch. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. It's uh, another episode here, we were off that last week, hopefully you guys enjoyed your July 4th week. It was on a Wednesday this year, but hopefully you went out there and enjoyed with your family. This episode, we welcome producer Darren Antola. He is a boxing cutman known worldwide. However, for this time, he's getting the, the, the cutman gig and becoming a producer for this 350 days great documentary that will be taking, uh, will be showing in several theaters around the United States starting July 12th. That's on July 12th. 350 days. Get a behind-the-scenes look at the world of pro wrestling featuring interviews and photographs of legendary wrestlers and rare in-ring footage starring former world champions Bret Hart and Billy Graham and many, many others such as Jimmy Superfly, Snooker, Axe Baker, The Wolfman, Don Frago, and many, many more. So check that out. July 12th, we will be posting the link at what theater the documentary will be airing on July 12th. You can check out theromanshow.com for more information. I also like to get the word out there. Fight Club Doral is the place you need to go to shed some of that pound and get that summer body. They're located at 8181 Northwest 12th Street. That's 8181 Northwest 12th Street, located right near Doral. Make sure you tell them that the Roman Show sent you. You can reach out to our good buddy, Henry Morales at 786-222-8051. That's 786-222-8051. Let him know the Roman Show sent you. Also, Collar and Elbow. You need to get yourselves one of those great t-shirts. Collarandelbow.com is the website. Use the promo code the Roman Show all in caps. And you will get a nice little discount. That's Collarandelbow.com. Promo code the Roman Show all together in caps. They got some great, great clothing coming out for the summer. Visit CollarAndElbowBrand.com. That's CollarAndElbowBrand.com to check out the latest merchandise. They, got, they really got this really cool shirt there. Uh, Ichiban in, uh, in Japanese, actually. It's a blue one. You can't miss it. But CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Check out. This is just one of the t-shirts available for purchase. The Roman Show, all in caps, together, to get yourself a nice percentage 
And on the other end, Mr. George Alonzo. What are you sipping on, man? Uh, you know, you have to uh, go on, and that way I was able to enjoy a nice big gulp of my kale margarita. It's delicious, it's fresh, and it's good for you. you uh, very healthy. Uh, you know, I'm going to take a little sip of that. Yeah, here you go, man. Enjoy. What the fuck is... What the hell is this crap? <laughs> it, it, it's kale. This thing tastes like, like hay. I, I got a fire my bartender. What is this crap? This is <laughs> dangerous. This thing's going to give you diarrhea. L- listen, it's delicious and it's good for you. Just because you can't hang with the margaritas of the world doesn't mean that it's disgusting. This is freaking nasty, man. Get this crap out of here. Anyways, we're going to talk some pro wrestling coming up next here on Reality Check. Disgusting. And now, it's time to give you a Reality Check. All right, George, let's talk some business here. We all know what happened this past weekend at UFC 226 with Brock Lesnar. Going inside the octagon and calling Daniel Cormier, but we'll talk about that a little labor, later, labor, <laughs> a little later uh, in the segment of when we talk to Mixed Martial Arts and MMA Showdown. However, let's talk pro wrestling. Brock Lesnar, as we know, is a universal champion. As of right now, or pretty much we're settled already, he will not be defending that title at SummerSlam. So the debate is this. Brock Lesnar is going to the UFC. He's going to compete in Mixed Martial Arts. That's okay. That's fine and dandy. But he still holds that universal title. I forgot how long ago, but I think Mr. McMahon said that, you know, we're going to keep the title on him because he's the attraction. But then again, the universal title is, according to WWE, the title. This is the title that they use so that person could go out there and be the face of the company. But we have not seen this man since the Greatest Royal Rumble. So, I mean, what do we do? This guy's not showing up. Braun Strowman is, is currently, he has the money in the bank, so he can cash in whenever he wants. But the whole point is that people are just forgetting about the universal title. It's like it's non-existent. You know, I remember a certain time when, uh, when there was a certain universal champion that would not be able to defend his championship because he was injured. And what happened? They stripped him of the belt. Why? Because the title wasn't being defended. Sounds familiar what's happening now, right? Yeah, pretty much so. And you're talking about Finn Balor, of course. But the thing is this, and, and, I, and I get to a point. Let's look at it in another way. Let's try to take a little positive about this. When it comes to MMA or boxing or anything like that, those guys really don't defend their title every single month, every single week. They don't. They fight maybe twice a year, let's say. All right? So... I think what the WWE can capitalize on this is pushing those other titles up there, like, uh, you know, an Intercontinental, well, that's on SmackDown, but an Intercontinental, uh, a U.S. title, bump it up and make it prestigious again. Give it, give it that, that, that caliber, that, that quality. And when you have Brock, then it's a bigger deal because he's finally defending his title. So you, you could look at it that way. I see the money in that. Yeah, and and let me just say this. Okay, I just was trying to make a point with the whole Finn Balor thing, okay? 
which I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people would agree with me when I talked about that situation. But at the same time, I'm going to go ahead and make another point to the point of the situation of title being defended. Brock Lesnar, I see as the current Hulk Hogan. Now, you ask, how the hell are you going to compare Brock Lesnar to a Hulk Hogan? Let me explain. Back in the 1980s and the 1990s, the WWE had a weekly television show. They had superstars. They had challenge. And you never saw Hogan on any of those programs defending the championship. Maybe once in a blue moon. And then, of course, Ho yes, but Hogan did show up on pay-per-views defending the title. But back then, they did not have pay-per-views every month. They had it, like, what, every four months, give or take. Brock Lesnar is our current Hulk Hogan. He's not on Raw as much, and he's rarely at pay-per-views to give the same time length as the pay-per-views from back in the 1980s and the 1990s. So if you grew up watching WWF and you went through the times of the Hulk Hogan's and you're complaining about Brock Lesnar now, all I got to say is, don't you remember? You're right about that. I think you hit it right on the nail. And again, the fact that they've now merged both brands, Raw and SmackDown, on the pay-per-view, bump up AJ Styles, who's the current... WWE champion, which in my book, that is the biggest title of them all. So you still have a, a big major title to defend every single month. But here's the thing. Here's my thing. And I think that, that this is a point that I haven't really heard much. But right now, Brock Lesnar is, is on, the, uh, on the verge of uh, being the longest holding reigning champion, beating CM Punk, if you recall that. But is it legitimate? Because CM Punk defended his title. Brock Lesnar has not. Good point. And, um, you know, this is my opinion and my opinion alone. I don't think Brock Lesnar's title reign compares to CM Punk. Let alone anyone else with a long reign. Whether it be Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, AJ Styles. You name them that has had a long title reign. I don't feel like, like Brock Lesnar compares because he's only had 10 title uh, matches in a year. And that's counting a lot. Well, actually less than 10, right? I think he's had like about five. Yeah, it hasn't been much. Yeah, so, so basically if you think that I'm going to compare his title reign to everyone else's, of course not. Now, does WWE count it? Yes, because they've counted everyone from Hogan to Bruno San Martino. So it's... It's it's the sense of, you know, do we, the fans, count it? Of course not. I, I can't blame any fan who doesn't count against it and, and say it's still, to this day, CM Punk is the longest reigning champion. I agree. I'm there with you. But do I, the, do I also say that Brock Lesnar is the champion and he's the attraction and he's pretty much the Hulk Hogan of today? Yes. Yeah, and I, I agree. You know, it's... To a point, he is that big draw. He is that the big bump in a pay-per-view because it's like, oh, wow, ooh, for the first time, Brock Lesnar. We haven't seen this guy in ages defend this title. It's a big deal. It makes me now want to watch pay-per-view, and it, it, it juices it up a bit. Now, we'll talk about Brock Lesnar, you see, a little later, as uh, we'll also talk about Daniel Cormier. 
becoming a um, two-division champion. All right, moving forward. Hiromi Taka, Takahashi uh, suffered an injury, a severe neck injury, at the New, New Japan Pro Wrestling event that took place over in California. And Chris Jericho was on a radio today, radio show, and on satellite radio. He mentioned that you know, there's no need to really put your body on the line and risk yourself with these severe injuries. And we've been seeing this a lot in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Don't, don't get me wrong. New Japan Pro Wrestling is amazing. It's awesome. And a strong style is cool. But Chris Jericho does have a point. If you look at some of these matches, George, they're, they're classic as is. There's no need for you to be thrown from the, the top, from the third rope, into the audience, into cement. There's no need for that. I think the fact, the story, the whole chain that you have inside the ring is good enough. You really don't have to risk yourself and possibly killing yourself. Uh, well, that's that's coming from a guy who's, and, and literally he said this countless of times, that has never injured himself. He's never, ever injured himself inside the ring. And that's why he calls himself the best in the world. And same thing for someone like The Miz. The Miz has never, ever been injured. He, and the guy gives us five-star classic matches. So what does that tell you? Does that tell you you need a risk all the time? No. Is it nice to give it on your big paydays, like the major payoffs? Yes, it'll be nice. But to do it every single time, you're just making your career shorter. Yeah, but let's take a look at this. Yes, you do see a lot of people getting injured in, in the WWE. No, Paige is one of them. She broke her neck. I, I'll give you that. But But it seems that we see more of these... I don't want to say freak accidents because they happen, right? But these really intense, severe injuries in New Japan Pro Wrestling because they, they just take it up a notch. And, and I think coming from a Chris Jericho, a veteran, a guy who's close to his 50s, but he's still kicking ass, giving advice. And he even said today, he said, you know, if I work just a little more, and he's a current champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but if I work a little more with these guys, I will advise him and I'll try to get in there because there's no need for you to be... Ju I think it was, I don't know, Kenny Omega. I don't know who it was, but he jumped off from the top rope and then he into the... Cra it was insane. It, it's crazy. Let's take a look, for example, at this one spot with Rios and uh, Juice where Jay suplexed them into the barricades and then hit Jim Ross. Jim Ross got hurt. Of course, that was not on purpose. It was, it was an accident. But that in itself is freaking dangerous, the way that Juice lands. He could have broken his neck. God knows what would have happened. And you're speaking about Jay White. Jay White, talk. Yeah, Jay, not Jay Rios. Uh, two different. But anyway, uh, no, uh, I know what scene you're talking about. And who knows if that was planned or not. Maybe it wasn't. I'm not the one to say anything because, of course, I'm not, the, uh, I'm not a writer for New Japan. So, nor do I work for New Japan. But to me, that looked like uh, something that was written for the purpose of, so, uh, of Josh Barnett being involved in, you know, some sort of altercation for in the future. 
uh, with Jay White. Hence why Jay White lost the championship in the first place. So I guess time will tell in that sense. But, but back to the point that I'm trying to make is that slamming that guy on concrete and, and on those steel barricades, you're risking yourself. And again, I, I respect, I, I love the strong style, I think it's cool, but some of the moves are, are, are just a really big major accident to happen. Yeah, and you're right, that that can happen, and, and again, that's the point of high risk, but that's why I'm saying, like, is it is it good to do it at every single show? No. But is it good to do at least a payoff? Yes. Like, it's, if, like what I'm trying to say is, if you're going to go out there and you're going to pretty much act, do a performance like it's, um, I don't know, uh, with a neck, neck drop in every single show, what makes it special come the big payday like a WrestleMania? That's what I'm trying to say. Don't do it every show. Don't do it every single event that you're in. Do it in your paydays, in the big payoffs. Do it for the big shows, the big... Big money times, big uh, where everyone's gonna be watching. Don't just do it for a rinky dinky. That's just dumb, and you're cutting your career. And, and how many of those have we seen in the indies? Like five people are in the room, and they're doing all these crazy moves for like five bucks a night. Uh, don't get me started. All right, hey, wanna let everyone know that uh, Major League Wrestling will be coming to Fort Lauderdale on September sixth. 2018 Fury Road and MOW. It's a Fusion TV taping, and that will uh, the tickets will be on sale on July 23rd at 10 a.m. at axis.com. That's axs.com. It returns to the War Memorial. That is the mecca. I, I would say that's like the uh, the synagogue, the the mecca, the capital of pro wrestling in South Florida because of the long history we've had. All these great promotions. Have gone to the MLW uh, to 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 War Memorial. So I think if, if we were to have a cathedral of wrestling in South Florida, I think that would be it. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, Terry Funk uh, has been there. Dusty Rhodes has been there. Some legendary names have been there. Uh, you know, uh, I I have to say yes, that is the staple of wrestling here in in South Florida. I'm honored to know that it is part of the South Florida and. Uh, I wish them the best of luck. And we'll wait to see. So tickets on sale. July 23rd, September 6th, 2018. Fury Road MLW. It's a Fusion TV taping. Make sure you get your tickets and you are there. All right, coming up next, producer Darren Antola of 350 Days joins us to talk about this great documentary. They, they shot so much video, so much footage, interviewed so many great professional wrestlers, Tino Santana, Mr. Wonderful, Abdullah the Butcher, so many more and more and more, and they give us the behind the scenes of what it was to be on the road 350 days back in the days. Coming up next, Darren Antola. Welcome back, everyone, to The Roman Show. And uh, you need to check this documentary. I'll put it on your calendar this week, starting July 12th, 
at a theater near you over about screening at about 400 theaters actually 350 days of documentaries taking a look at the lives of pro wrestlers names like Billy Graham, Bret Hart, they go in the behind the scenes, what they went through of being on the road. We've heard the stories, you've seen the movie The Wrestler, uh, what he went through. But right now, it's a, it's a pleasure to have the producer of the documentary, Mr. Darren Antola. Thanks so much, Darren, for taking your time and speaking to us. Thank you, Antola. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Well, you know, straight, straight off the bat, the, the thing that caught my attention is you, you're, you're a boxing cut man, and then you got involved into this pro wrestling documentary. First and foremost, before you talk about the documentary, how, how, how did this happen? Well, I mean, I've always been a fan of wrestling, old school wrestling, you know, and me as a boxing cup man, when you work different arenas, they always have an inspector in the corner overseeing what you do in the corner. So uh, this one fellow that I, I knew, Billy Caputo, I'd always see him every time I'd work Madison Square Garden, you know, Hammerstein Ballroom, et cetera. And we always talked about stuff. And I know he was a wrestling referee, you know, in the 80s. And he refed all the matches, Andre the Giant and Hogan and you name it. I mean, he did it all. So I started talking to him about what happened to this guy, what happened to that guy. So long story short, we just started talking. And uh, I, I shot a pilot with a friend of mine named Steve Fleming. It's called The Age Factor. And he refers me to Phil Riddick Ball. And it just wasn't working out having one guy. So I said, why don't we get a wrestler and we could do a one-hour show, you know, showcasing Riddick Ball trying to make a comeback. And Jimmy Snooker, you know, being the oldest wrestler to jump off the steel cage. So we shot the pilot. It just didn't work out. We weren't getting any offers. So then um, I just came up with another idea, and I contacted Billy Caputo, and he got me in touch with Jimmy Snooker. And we've just been good friends, me and Jimmy Snooker. And I just, you know, came up with the idea. See, a lot of these fans didn't realize that. Did you know that these guys were on the road 350 days a year, uh, Rodolfo, before oh, oh, you oh, we, this documentary? We, yeah, we, we've heard all of the stories and everything they did from the, the Ric Flairs and all those guys that hit the road and all the crazy stories they had. Right, right. I, I just was intrigued by these guys being on the road. And I said, you know, instead of doing one documentary with one, with one guy, why don't we do it with all these wrestlers or all the fans won't feel chipped and they'll have everyone, all their favorites in, in a film. And, you know, this is an eighty. This is not like an 80-minute documentary. This is like close to a two-hour movie. So no one's going to feel chipped. You know, fans are going to get what they want here. And that much I can tell you. Funny you mentioned Ritter Bo. I actually ran into him the other day, and uh, I heard he was he was training. We, we live here in Florida. He was training at a, at a local pro wrestling school here, and uh, he's looking good in shape. He's taking it pretty seriously. So great story that. It's is. funny you should mention uh-huh. that because uh-huh. I had Riddick Bo training five years ago, getting ready to wrestle Andrew Galata in a steel cage in Poland, and then and then Sandy hit, and we couldn't get on the plane. Wow. That's funny you say that. <laughs> well, yeah. there it is, 3.50 days. I took note there of some of the trailer, which is, you can check right now, the romanshow.com. Guys like Bret Hart, Billy Graham, and, you know, some of it, when you listen to the stories, it's sad, but at the same time, you understand the, the passion and the love they have to pro wrestling. But many, many of these, these folks, they couldn't live that life they wanted because they have that strong love to pro wrestling. So how did you get to get these guys and women to open up about that life, being on the road? Because I'm sure they... And you'll, we'll, we'll find out more in the documentary that they did some crazy wild stuff. Oh, yeah. I had a friend of mine, Bobby Rydell, that was close to a lot of these guys. And I told Bobby my idea. And uh, he said, yeah, he says, you know, let's do it. And he started getting me access to these people. So like, in her backyard, like Wendy Richter, we shot her in her yard where she had horses, which is really beautiful, you know. And it was just amazing how they just, when you start asking them questions, they, they would just open right up to you, you know. And uh, every one of them has a, a very unique story. I mean, even from like Ox Baker to Abdullah the Butcher, all these guys 
are just just great their own way. Every every one of them. People said, "Oh, who's your favorite?" I said, "It's hard to say because every single one of them has something unique to share." You know. Now, would you say that all of them were willing to open up, or were there some that you really had to crack the shell and, you know? Uh, there was a few that you know it wasn't easy, you know, and, and then uh, finally they 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 were up a little bit, but. Uh, for the most part, uh, most of these guys were pretty candid about stuff, you know? Now, how, how long, I mean, you, you interviewed a, a whole lot of wrestlers there. How long did this documentary take to film? How long has it been in the works? Well, we started filming April of 2013. Wow. And we finished, I think, the last interview around 14. But which is other things, you know, uh, making the movie, getting stock footage, which is not easy to get, and getting photographs. I, I mean, you know, if you're doing a documentary about one guy, let's say you're doing one about Bret Hart, you're just dealing with certain people for photographs, but when you're doing a documentary with 39 wrestlers, you have to kind of like, you know, make everybody part of this and, and get the fans involved. And it wasn't easy getting all these photographs. It, it took us a long time. I mean, it took a couple of years to get all these pictures, believe it or not. Wow. So we had fans' pictures and everything with luggage, wrestlers showing travel. We've got it all in here, you know. Wow. So, and then the, the whole production trying to get because I'm sure when you do documentaries as this, you know, they, they you got to have that consistency with the stories that they say and they share. So, how, how long does the editing, the process to put together? Oh, the editing. I mean, we have an Emmy, Emmy nominated editor, this fellow Mike Burlington, who worked with Paul McCartney and Sting and Mariah Carey, and uh, he, he did a tremendous job. He had like hundreds of pages of notes. He's old school. Everything was by hand, like these composition books. So when, when I first uh, was talking to him and he, and he, uh, like a couple weeks later, and I'm like, wow, this guy is really breaking this down. He's going through piece by piece, putting it together, and he made a human interest story, you know. And Fulvio Cecilia, the director, did a very good job too as well. He brought a lot, a lot of good ideas to this as well, and human interest, and you know, just very, very, very you know, stick the role interviews, you know, trying to get the best out of the guys, you know. Because sometimes I couldn't make some of the shoots he would go into in Canada and stuff like that. But most of the shoots I was there for most of the interviews, but not all. Again, we're speaking to producer Darren Antola. 350 days of documentary comes out July 12th, screening at 400 theaters here in the United States and looking forward to this documentary. Now, what would you say that the fans, you know, what are the fans going to take from, from watching these legends telling us their stories? Well, I'll tell you, every fan all over the country, they have a legendary building they used to go to with their family to watch wrestling. I think that when everybody gets out on July 12th, goes to their theater in their neighborhood, they're going to feel like it was reliving their childhood again. You really have something special in it. It's just it's one night only, as you know, and there's bonus content at the end of the rolling credits that will not be on a DVD when it's released. Most likely, it's J.J. Dillon, and he's being interviewed by Evan Ginsberg, you know, talking about Roddy Piper, a tribute to Bruno. He just goes through a lot of things about his career, about the, about the current state of affairs of wrestling today versus yesterday and it's very interesting and it's 350 days the movie.com or it's fathomevents.com slash 350 days you can get tickets at the website absolutely and Darren again you can check out more information also on the website checking out the documentary here in, in Miami we got plenty of theaters so make sure you go out there and support this wonderful documentary thank you very much for having me on Rodolfo thank you Jerry. thank you uh-huh. bye bye you have a great day you thank too. you bye bye ladies and gentlemen listeners all around the world 
Welcome to the showdown. Well, there you heard it, everyone. Make sure you check out that great documentary. Uh, documentary. 350 days, July 12th. The RomanShow.com is the website you need to visit to find out where those which theater will be showing the documentary. I know here in South Florida, like four places. One of them is uh, not in the Kendall area, uh, Aventura, several many places. So check that out. 350 days, July 12th. Great documentary. Uh, from the crew. Alright guys, moving forward, UFC 226 came along and and it delivered. I thought it was a great pay-per-view. And everybody's talking about Lesnar. Right, let's not talk about Bob Brock Lesnar right now, but let's talk about Daniel Cormier, what he did. He is a two-divisional champion in the light heavyweight and in the heavyweight. And the first, the first champion, George, to actually be able to defend both titles. Dana White said that I will allow Dana, Daniel Cormier to defend the light heavyweight title and the heavyweight title. And in fact, he said, Daniel Cormier said that, you know, as of right now, we don't know a date for Brock Lesnar. What we do know is that he is back in the USADA testing pool and will be eligible to fight in January 2019. That's next year. But Daniel Cormier does want to fight sometime this year. We're in the middle of the year. So... He's already called out some names, and some of those guys are Alexander Gustafsson, who will be fighting uh, Vladimir Uzdemir. He'll be fighting him very shortly. And then you have Shogun Hua. I, I don't know why he brought him up, but he brought him up for some reason. He said he wouldn't mind fighting Mar- Mauricio uh, Hua, uh, the 205 pounds. But again, Gustafsson, I think that'll be a fun fight. Gustafson and uh, Valken Uzdemir. Gustafson at one point, well, he, 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 he's great. I mean, he's the number two guy right after John Jones in the heavyweight division, so why not? And he delivers, but DC basically said he just doesn't bring in the numbers. You know, he has all these fans, but when it comes to pay-per-view, he just doesn't deliver. But needless to say, what he did it was just amazing, and the fact that they're allowing him to defend the title in both divisions just makes it even more exciting that for the first time we're going to have someone like that do that at the UFC. Now, Brock Lesnar, he's going to get his opportunity. Now, the talk has been this, George. People are upset in the MMA world. People think that Brock Lesnar does, does not deserve the title shot, that he's just, they're using him because of the, the, the fame and, and the money. Well, I'm an MMA fan. I love the sport. I respect the sport. I'm a WWE fan or a pro wrestling fan. And I'm going to cut to the chase, George. I mean, let's just cut it to all those MMA guys, those MMA fanboys. Yes, it's not right that Brock Lesnar is getting a title shot. I agree. There's many other people out there that deserve that title shot more than Brock Lesnar. But you know what? Who cares? And no one cares about your opinion. Do you know why? Because it all comes down to money, George. And the bottom line is that stadium, that arena, after that horrible heavyweight fight that we saw with Nangano. And Derek Lewis. And then finally, DC and Stipe came on, which was a great fight. You know, it was one round, but it was a great fight. He did something amazing. But the talk of the night, George, was none of that. Not even the stupid, boring fight that we saw the Coleman event. Talk of the night was Brock Lesnar. Hmm. And that is the truth. When ESPN... They were not talking about that DC is a two-divisional champion. He's going to be able to defend both titles. 
Fox Sports wasn't talking about that. No, they were talking about Brock Lesnar. And, and let it be so that while that fight, right up before the fight was taken, they zoomed into the camera to make sure to tell the audience that, hey, by the way, Brock Lesnar's in the house. And people, people are questioning it. Oh, well, you know, this is, this is scripted. Yes, it's scripted, you dumbass. Yes, it is. Now, don't go on and say that DC was picked to win, that, that Stipe jobbed. No, it was a clear fight. In fact, Brock Lesnar even said, I thought Stipe was going to win. It just so happens that DC won, and it so happens that DC is a pro wrestling fan. But I'm upset at these people that are now all these theorists, all these conspiracy theorists, saying that, that the fight was bought, paid off. DC was supposed to win so they could build up the fight between DC and Brock because DC could talk crap and Stipe wouldn't have sold the tickets like DC. Listen, finally you understand that it's about the money. I've been telling you this about numerous other things, and you've always said, oh, but he doesn't deserve it, da 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 I'm finally happy you said it. Yes, again, to piggyback off what you said, does Brock Lesnar deserve it right off the bat? No. Even for Brock Lesnar fans, say, uh, fans right now, they're saying, George, you're wrong. Roman, you're wrong. He beat the Super Samoan. Uh, he did- and on, on Royce. Yeah, and on Ro- he beat the Super Samoan. Yes, he does deserve a title shot. No, he doesn't. Because at the end of the day, he hasn't fought up the ranks like ha- half of the heavyweights have in the UFC. But if one thing is for sure in the world of business is that when you want to bring up your ratings, if you want to bring up your viewers, if you want to make more money, you book a money fight. And that is what Cormier versus Lesnar is. It's a money fight. I don't care if Lesnar wins. I don't care if Lesnar loses. If Lesnar loses, guess what? Money in the pockets to these great fighters who deserve it because they put on a great show for us fans. If he, Lesnar wins, guess what? More money for these MMA fighters that deserve it because the viewership will be just as high. Stop bitching and just support. End of story. I agree with you. And to all you people that disagree with us, shoot us an email or like to hate it, to, to read it. If you want to say that you hate our opinion, fine. Knock yourself out. Info at the Romanshow.com. We will read it right here on the program. That's info at the Romanshow.com. Or you can shoot us a phone call, 786-942-9424. That's 786-942-9424. Info at theromanshow.com. Shoot us uh, some, some your opinions on social media. That's at the Roman Show on Twitter. Roman Show Media on Instagram and on Facebook. And our, our, our Roman 0201 on YouTube. Which, by the way, your interview with Reggie Rhythm is already posted on YouTube channel. So you can check that interview out. So Selena De La Renta is available uh, uh, with an interview there. Uh, and we have plenty more. So check that out on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash rroman0201. So I want to hear from you people. If you disagree, I want to hear your opinion. But the point is, stop crying, stop whining, stop bitching. At the end of the day, it's all about money. Yes, it does not make sense. But you know what? 
putting up DC against, you know, Joe Schmo. Yeah, he might be undefeated. But let's face it. He's not going to sell the tickets like Brock Lesnar will. And that's it. That's the bottom line. Is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. All right. Make sure to everyone head out to the Florida Supercon this weekend in Fort Lauderdale. It's going to be a lot of fun with some great, great talent available for for meet and greets and so much more. Trish Stratus is going to be here. She still got it. Yeah, and I'm going to be front row giving her a kale margarita. All right, whatever you say. Uh, Rey Mysterio is going to be in the house and a whole long list of great, great pro wrestlers. And not that, but also guys like Lou Ferrigno. We all know Lou Ferrigno. The original Hulk will be in the house and many other great celebrities. Hey, Godzilla actor. Godzilla actor. Yep, but oh, God. I My Power Ranger guy. I cannot wait for that. A whole lot list of uh, anime and comic books and everything. There's a Florida Supercon this weekend. Don't miss it in Fort Lauderdale. FloridaSupercon.com is the website to check that out for more details on tickets. We'll catch you out there till next week. You haven't been on? You haven't heard. You want another sip of the camera? No, thanks. Oh, come on. Yeah, come on.